Canine Elves. I'm Krista. I'm Rachel. And this is Isn't It Past Your Bedtime? Mixed it up. I don't know why. It felt Just right went for today. it. Yeah. Um, this episode, we are doing dual authors. So books with two authors. I thought I was going to have more of these on my shelf. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, that's something that like happens a lot, right? Mm-hmm. No. Not as many. I had one. I had one. Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot. I mean, I mainly asked to do this one because I had specifically ordered a book. Like I'd ordered a new book. So you had one. Yeah, I had one. Exactly. I might have one. No, I had one other one on my ebook because there's an author that they, it is two people, but they put their name together. So it sounds like it's one person, but really it's two people. It's tricky. Oh, I've seen them do that. You know, I bet I have one that's like that too. Mm-hmm. But this one that I picked had two different people's names on it. So I'm just going to jump right in. So I did All of Us Villains by Amanda Foodie and Christine Lynn Herman. So like mouthfuls of names. Yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah, it was a lot. I was like, ah, could you guys have shorter names maybe? That would have been kind of helpful, but that's okay. Um, so I ended up actually pre-ordering this one because so I've like entered a whole bunch, like a bajillion different book giveaways. And so now I get like spammed all these emails from publishers and they're like, Hey, you can get this free pin if you pre-order a book. And I was like, sold. I like free stuff. So that's, that's how they got me to read it. So what's the genre? Because this was broad. That's true. Yeah. So this one is a yaw and it's like not dystopian technically, but like there's magic in it. Um, children have to like fight to the death kind of like a little hunger game a little hunger games a little bit of magic okay all right i'm interested yeah so i don't know for sure like what genre it would be but so this one is set in like basically modern times um but magic is just a thing and it exists and there's two kinds of magic there's high magic and there's common magic so everybody can use common magic not everybody can use it People who can use magic, every, all of them can use common magic, and the world is aware that common magic exists. Like, they kind of get it. They're not, like, over No Harry Potter story. hiding division going on here. Yeah, exactly. Like, people know it's there, um, but nobody really knows about high magic, and that's because centuries ago, it used to be everywhere and super available, and when you can sense high magic, it shows up as red, or common magic shows up as white. Um, and, like, centuries and centuries ago, the it came down like this curse happened like the seven families put a curse on themselves basically that was every 20 years when the blood moon falls two weeks later two months i can't remember exactly i think it's like there's a two in it (laughs) yeah sometime later uh the blood veil is gonna fall and for three months every family must submit what is called a champion and they're gonna go in and they're gonna fight to the death and the surviving champion, that family, gets to use, gets access to high magic for the next 20 years until the next champion comes again. It reminds me of that god one you did where, like, all the gods every certain amount of time yeah. would fight and mm-hmm. then someone would win and be a god. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, kind of similar, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, the family that wins it, their family can, like, see high magic and they can use it. Um, but once the blood veil falls, nobody can do it at all. Like, nobody... Or no. Okay. Yes. Once the blood veil falls, nobody can. Not even the winning family. Because technically, there's not a winning family now because the champions are competing. It like resets basically. Yeah. And this has okay. been going on, like I said, for 
centuries and centuries. Like this has been going on for freaking ever. Um, so there's seven families. They are the Low family, who is the current champions. The, and I'm probably going to butcher some of these, the Mascalin family. That's how I called it. The Thornbirds, the Paynes, the Darrow, Blair, and then the Greaves. Um, the Lows have won like every two out of three, every three they win, basically. Um, this also takes place in a city called Alvernath. Um, and up until this point, like every other uh, competition that this has happened, like nobody really knows. Like the world does not, nobody knows that this is happening. Uh, the townspeople technically do, but there's like this unspoken agreement among the seven families that whoever wins, they'll like use their little high magic to change the memories of all the people in the town to make them forget that it's happening. Okay. That so like sense. nobody, yeah. So nobody really has known that this is happening. Um, and so, like I said, so the Low family currently has it and they've had it for a long freaking time. Um, but all of a sudden this year, or like a year ago, a book came out called The Trials of Tragedy. A tragedy, hang on, I have my book right here. A Tradition of Tragedy. Uh, it was wit written by a grieve, which is not a spoiler. You learn that very, very early on that it's an unknown grieve family member who wrote this book, which is kind of odd because, so it's been going on for centuries. Centuries ago, the grieves basically gave up. Like, they don't train so like most of the family members like when they have children they're like training their children from birth on this on how to be good at casting and making spells and using curses and things like that um some families they will already know who it's going to be so like the low family they currently only have two sons of eligible age because it's also all the cousins too so like but it'll be that one of that main family and then the cousins like everybody and like eligible age is like 12 I think 14 for That's sure young yeah 14 for sure because there is a 14 year old who goes in to the current one you but have to participate at that age or is it just like at that point you can participate you can and so because every family gets to pick who's their champion's going to be and they all have different oh, so ways of pick one okay. yeah it's just one and the family gets to choose and they all have different ways of doing it so like the Lowe's they have two sons Alistair and Henry Henry and Alistair has like known his entire life that he's going to be the one that's go going in. Um, they have like raised him to base it. He thinks he's a monster. Like he is the monster of the fairy tales. Like that is how he sees himself. That's how his family explains to him. Like one of his like first memories is his mom telling him a terrifying nighttime story and locking him in his room with the window open so that a changeling can come get him. I think that's the story. It's about a changeling or something. Oh. And like, yeah. And so, cause eventually basically what he says is that he's like, you don't have to be afraid of monsters if you are a monster. Like if you are one, you don't need to be afraid of them. But then Hendry is like the nicest, sweet little soul. He's like older by a year. And so like, he's like sneaks in in the middle of the night and gives him a blanket or whatever. Um, so they're like super cute, but like, so then they've known and like, they do still have to announce it. Like the family does have to come out and announce who their champion is going to be. Um, but like them, we already know that. And that's not even a spoiler. Like, you know that chapter one. But each family has to delegate somebody, right? Yes. Even the so, family yeah. that gave up. Yep. So what they did okay. uh, a million times ago, uh, one time they tried not to, if and they were like, they're like, nope, we're not going to do it. We're not going to say anybody. If you do not name a champion, and the champions have to like carve their name into the champion pillar, so that's mm. how like the high magic knows that that's who it is. Uh, if it. you don't, somebody of eligible age will just die in your family at random. Like high magic will just pick somebody and kill somebody. 
thought that that was maybe what was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, and so, that makes sense. Yeah. And once the blood veil falls, it goes for three months or until there's only one champion left, whichever comes first. And yeah. at the three months, if there's not one left, they all just die. And then nobody gets the magic for 20 years. Nobody gets to use high magic. So it wasn't even worth it. Everyone just lost the sun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, God. Yeah, so do yeah. only men participate or nope. can women? And women. Okay. Yep. Nope. We are very open to all genders. Inclusive. All genders. Yes. All genders can die. Um, and so. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Not just the men, folks. Of all things to be inclusive about. I know, right? Death. But, <laughs> I mean, because then, like, women can, like, fight and they can earn the honor for their family, you know? That kind of a thing. Because that's what it is. Is that It's, like, how they explain it to like these children that are going to go fight to the death is that they're figuring out for their honor so the other families um like some of them do it so i think like the Thornburns had like a hundred some odd eligible kids like they have like the biggest flipping family or maybe it's the masculines they both, have, kids. they both have a ton of kids and so the Thornbirds have like all of these like tests that they have to do to like prove and then at the end there's like a mirror or something that like says like who's basically the fairest of them all um like who should be it of like the ones who have made it um but so yeah so this book came out like a year ago and it gives all the secrets everything it tells everything about how this has been going on for centuries about how families have been sending their children off to die for access to high magic and like the low family is like so like wealthy and stuff because they can use it to help the government or to trick the government things like, like this that. is some like QAnon conspiracy theorist stuff yeah. <laughs> except like i mean they're not wrong really because also like the lows are like live up on a hill and it's all like fenced in and they homeschool their children like they're very like hush hush with their secrets and they're like small right like there's only three two maybe there's like an eight-year-old Oh, so it is super young because there's an eight-year-old cousin in one of the families. That's really young. Yeah. I don't think it's the low family. I think it's somebody else. There's an eight-year-old cousin in one of the families that's like could be eligible. Um, and but yeah, so like they're all like secret hush hush. Like one of part of the book is like because at the beginning of every chapter in the book, you get like a tiny little expert out of excerpt excerpt out of um, a tradition of tragedy. So you would get like a, this little blurb about it. So that's how you kind of also are learning about what's going on Um, and like one of them is like yeah the townspeople have like been like going out of their way to avoid the low estate and nobody even knows why anymore you just do it like you just don't drive that road you take a different road home even if it is fast habit now from everybody yeah and nobody like knows why anymore like why did we do this to begin with yeah Um, i mean some things don't get passed down necessarily if it's all verbal mm -hmm. and so one of the families is also like a year ago like when this book came out announced their champion which is like unheard of nobody announces that early like usually people nobody really announces until the blood moon happens that's when they start announcing it but this one they did and they got like all this media on it and like because like that was like maybe we're thinking part of their strategy because the other thing that you're trying to do once the blue blood moon drops is you're going to all the spell makers and the curse makers in town and you're trying to get sponsorships because you want them to sponsor oh. you because then you can get yeah because then because like all the spells and curses live in rings and so you have to have the ring on to be able to cast it like a video game okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and then you have to like fill it up with magic and everything like that um, i love it yeah and so 
so yeah so you're like kind of trying to go around to do all of these and like the lows like i said they've had it forever so like the grandmother who's probably nine trillion years old like makes them all come to her house and like give me your best wares and then um the one who had been announced like a year in advance her mom's a spellmaker so like well she probably got that in the bag but then there also there's like this one curse maker guy who's like 21 22 something like that odd sounds legit little little gothic a little something's off about him like from the beginning i was like don't trust you and it's not just because you make curses because like that if that's your affinity that's your affinity right like whatevs um but like everyone is like going to him and he's like oh i'm not helping anybody whatever and you're like hmm okay i don't know just sus we got follow-up questions for him um but since this book came out there are tourists everywhere since the blood moon so there are like reporters everywhere trying to like get pictures of everybody and figure out what's going on and report on all this and then there's people that they call curse chasers which would just basically kind of be like your true crime buffs type people who are like obsessed with this stuff like magic paparazzi yeah and so they're there too and then you also have your protesters who are there who are like obviously cute little chants that they're doing magic is not synonymous with religion yeah and so like all of this is happening and you're just like oh my god so many people but to protect the public is that when the blood veil falls so like literally the entire town of alvernath turns like crimson red for these three months and every time a champion dies it gets a little bit lighter and then their name gets magically crossed off the pillar but it drops this like other dome down around like the arena basically and so that's and that's like where the champions have to be um and you can't get out of it like you can't come out and talk hunger games yeah and nobody can go in yeah nobody can go in so that's how they like would protect these people from not getting killed by like a straight death curse or something like that Dang. yeah and so so they go in when the blood moon happens no so the blood moon happens and that's the telling you that because like you don't know for sure when the blood moon's going to happen you just know it's roughly every 20 years um and so so that's when they announce the champion yeah so sometime in like i think it's like two months from when the blood moon drops to when the blood veil drops okay sometime in there you're going to announce and like some families since they're holding their competitions some families don't even like announce until the day before so like, but basically you have that time buffer to decide who you're going to delegate mm-hmm. yeah and there's of course because why wouldn't there be there's a whole party the night before to celebrate and that's when they like carve their names on the pillar yeah drunk if they want but like these are like literal children that are going in it's very sad kill each other um, and then inside there are seven landmarks and seven relics, one for each. Um, and the landmarks have like different things for why you would want to go there. There's like a cave and a tower and a monastery and um, there's like, a, oh, a castle, a cottage, a crypt. Um, so is it is it like with Hunger Games where basically it's like fight you fight to the death once they're inside the dome, It's but you have yeah. to use magic to fight each other? Like it's not like fisticuffs, like I could just like... Yeah, so you can imagine. I mean, if you, because um, one of the relics is a sword, which like can cut. Through. So you could use like a weapon or something. You don't have, yeah. you don't have to kill each other with magic. Yeah. Uh, nobody really brings weapons in though because they do have magic. So they don't really use weapons. I think one of them carries like a small little knife on them for tiny stabbing if they need to. 
but also okay. you can use magic to heal yourself so like if you're going to kill me with a weapon that's true so it's like survive it well. and also yeah so like the landmarks survive. all have like <laughs> different ones so like the castle is like the strongest landmark and the first person in it becomes theirs and so like it will protect them and then if they want to form an alliance because of course people always do even though you're just going to kill off your alliance people so i don't really get it but it happens um, I mean, that's not a group i wouldn't but you know yeah but that's reasons for things um and so like if i get to the castle and i decide you're going to be my alliance and i like we make it known like the magic will know and then you can come in you can come into the Interesting. castle okay um but like the castle can only be taken down by the crown somehow but somebody has to kill everybody else otherwise you all mm-hmm. just die yeah everyone dies yeah is it like a countdown like are they aware how much time exactly they have left until they no they have to kind of like figure it out like because they can tell that the sun is rising and setting but they have yeah, like could count days yeah so they have to know like they do know they'll be like oh like a week has passed oh it's been a month yeah um, okay so yeah so they, they know it doesn't really talk about specifically how they know but i'm assuming they're just like also magic attention. yeah magic yeah who knows like, they have a <laughs> little pocket calendar i don't know it doesn't really talk about that. it it's a yeah we don't <laughs> you're asking too many adult questions sorry i'm sorry um, suspend belief yeah exactly um and then the relics fall at random time so also on the pillar there are seven little stars and it'll like boo like kind of shoot one mm-hmm. on the pillar and that's how you know that one of the relics is falling but they fall at random times and in random places so when it falls and you do know which one it is because there's like seven in a row and each one is a specific one so you would know so like yeah if you don't want to go for the sword don't like i don't need to go it's four we're good yeah um <laughs> but otherwise everyone is like running to try to get all these relics um or kill each other all at the same time. Yeah, wow. exactly. Because that's another option, mess. right? Like, if everyone's going to go for the relics, you could just go to kill people if you wanted to do that. Um, so the youngest one is 14, like I said. His family knows, like, has, like, all the knowledge, basically, of everything. So, like, he's studied, like, all of these old ones. Because basically what happens is that when the winner comes out, they kind of take, like, an oral history from them so they can learn more. And so he'll he knows all the things. He's like, oh, like... The 12 year old who won did it by like hiding in their landmark till there was only one person left and they killed that last one person um every load that winner who has come out has killed themselves they've gone crazy and like killed themselves um so something's going on there and like a lot of the champions who win do like not even just like low champions the low champions just go crazy when they come out like that happens um but like a lot of other champions in other families also kill themselves and it's I like magic it's always magic it's just like yeah well it's like or whatever. is it because they had achilles people is it what they saw is it like what the trauma like, yeah, what like is what, it what is it like we don't know we don't talk about these things um except for the book Ooh. that does um and so like everyone's also already mad at the greaves one they're like the weakest family ever and they gave up years ago um so they just outed all their secrets exactly yeah so like they already hate that guy um but he is like determined to like prove himself even though his family literally does not give two shits about him or competition unfortunate yeah but he's like i'm gonna do it um but yeah so it jumps the book jumps between like four of the champions well not necessarily champions because we do get some people who aren't champions but it jumps between points of view like as we're like telling the story um so that's really fun um also so many characters in this i think it would have to yeah there are some people that you don't ever get their point of view Mm. which is kind of interesting makes you wonder why um it ended on like two different cliffhangers 
Ooh. which was awesome. Like one of them, you are like, eh, I probably know what's going to happen here. But the other one, I was like, what? Huh? Like I did not, huh. didn't see it coming. Didn't even, know, didn't even know it was like a thing that could have happened. Um, so like, that was really cool. It was very, yeah, which I think I'm just kind of getting to the age where maybe I don't want to read y'all as much. Um, yeah, I feel it. Because it's like, it kind of added like some romance where I didn't really feel like it needed it. Like I understand why and it did move the story along and it did open up a whole nother thing in the story. But I don't know that I necessarily needed it. And then part of me was like, y'all are in here to kill each other. Maybe get out of your landmark, quit being all lovey-dovey weirdish kind of but like not really lovey-dovey like quit flirting go kill somebody like right so not the moment yeah um i think overall i'm like torn between three and a half and four i think i'm gonna go with four um mainly i think because the cliffhangers like they they were super good i guess i did not see it coming at all the character development is also really good like there's a lot of growth for some of them um I liked, and I liked the little blurbs that you got from A Tradition of Tragedy to help explain, like, kind of what's going on. And it was a fun concept. Like, even though, yeah, it is basically Hunger Games with magic, but at the same time, it's not. Because, like, there's not, like, a weird outside element where people are, like, there's no, like, once you're in there, you're in there. And you're in there by yourself, except for the other six people who are trying to kill you that you're trying to kill. Um, I'll probably definitely read the next one when it comes out. I don't know that I'll buy the next one. I'll probably get it from the library. And, like, see because you know sometimes second books aren't always as good but I get it well it sounds like it was a pretty solid one so that's mm-hmm. nice yeah it was um, good on a whim book. it was oh yeah it was on a whim yeah it works out yeah. <clears throat> um mine was really good I very much enjoyed it and I bought it because I liked the cover yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you'll see a picture. Don't worry, guys. You'll see the picture. Um, so I did the very nice box by Laura Blackett and Eve Glickman. Glickman? It's one Gleich- of those two. Glickman? It's G L E I C H. I'm like Glickman, maybe. Yeah, maybe Glickman. Then I don't know. It could be any of them. I don't know. I'm very sorry, Eve. I enjoyed your book. Okay. <laughs> um. So, uh. I'm like, I don't even know exactly where to start because like it's a little more like linear than the other ones, but now I'm confused because I'm so used to having to like adjust things. Okay. (laughs) So this book is around this woman named Ava and she, I can't remember where they live and honestly, it really doesn't matter, but she works for a Brooklyn-based furniture company called Stata. And Stata is basically like the embodiment of ikea and amazon all smushed together and like a weird little so like all they produce is furniture mm-hmm. but they're very like soulless corporation in the fact that like all of their products are like named and built to be perfectly sensible and usable and so it's like ava buys into this to the point where like her house looks like a showroom at ikea where like mm-hmm. like all of her items are are stada stada items and she has like two like perfectly nice mugs or like two I'm like I can't even remember what they name stuff I wrote down a few of them though so like the sensible bento box she brings every day with her to work and so like basically the first part of this is just like painting the picture of what Ava's life is like and it is 
terrible. Um, it's just like, it's very structured. She goes to work at the exact same time. She comes home at the exact same time. She has an exact plan for what she does and when she, how, how long she walks her dog and who she talks to and like the route that she takes and the food that she eats. And she does the same thing. And she has for years. Ooh. Really the reason she's doing this though, is a grief response. So mm. it's, it, it says it in the back of the book. It's not a spoiler or anything, but basically what Ava's deal is, is that, um, I don't know exactly how long ago I want to say, it was like a year or two. So it wasn't like super long ago. She's in her early thirties and she was in a car with her fiance and both of her parents and they were in a hit and run and she's the only survivor. Ava's the only one that survived. Yeah. Which would be awful. Yeah. Some survivors go right there. Yeah. So, so there, it definitely goes into the accident and the details. So I'm not going to go into those specifics. Um, but basically like, you know, she wakes up in the hospital, she just found out her, her family's dead and her fiance is dead. They had literally just gotten engaged, like right before they got in the car, like they hadn't told anybody, like it was just terrible. Like I felt so bad for her. So like, you can kind of see the way that like Ava has structured her life to be like exact because then there's no room for there to be, you know, someone to miss like she has her dog and she has the one person that she spends time with that is not like work related but it's a co-worker and the only time she sees them outside of work is at work for lunch and she's like mm. well that's outside of work activity I'm like no it's not <laughs> technically but no but like they just eat out of their little sensible bento boxes every day <laughs> the same thing that's like so it's just sad. it's so sad like I just imagine the first like I don't know, like quarter of the book just being beige. Like if that, if there, if mm-hmm. there was a color to describe the first part of the book. So Ava's dealing with this in her life and she, she hasn't really like addressed her grief, but like, she also feels like she's kind of moving forward. Basically she's just arriving though. You know, mm-hmm. like she's not really done anything. She doesn't really have any joy in her life. There's nothing really going on. Um, at the same time, she obviously works for Stata, which is a big corporation. And this corporation um is trying to expand and they're trying to build a new building and they have a bunch of protesters that the company calls vandals um that have been like uh basically just trying to like prevent them from building where they're trying to build um and the what the company wants to do is like they want to build this building and at the top of the building there's these like steam spouts and it's supposed to spout out this like cloud that spells out stata in the in the sky so that all day long during business hours, it says Stata in the sky, but they have to like create a certain chemical to release to do that. It's so, like they've yeah. got environmental corporate, like environmental groups up their butts. Like it's kind of bad. And like, they, I'm not going to lie. The protesters do vandalize stuff, but I also understand why they're doing it. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. It's a little far for the company to call them vandals, but I digress. It doesn't really matter. Um, so if I refer to them as vandals, that's why it's not because that's my personal opinion on protesters. Um, especially for this reason. It's real bad. Yeah. So uh, the company's dealing with that. And so what they decide to do is they bring in this new like marketing guy who's like super underqualified. He's like a 26 year old, like bro, right out of school. And so he's like, he's a white guy. And they were just like, oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. So like everyone hates him. And uh, Ava's just like, not really amused. Like he comes in and he wants to like change stuff and like do things that are more fun and interesting and like make the employee morale better and like help them move forward with the community. So like, he's just a very enthusiastic, charismatic person. Right. Um, like he changes their meeting room, which had some like silly name outside of meeting room. It was like, I don't even know, but he changed it to the imagination room or the imagine room. And she like hates it. I hate that. I'm with her. I hated it. it. That's terrible. Yeah. It's just a meeting room. Leave it alone. 
yeah so like he he like tries to talk to her like engage with ava um and her and jaime which is the work friend like are just like not really into it like jaime's just like i feel like something's like weird about him and she's just like yeah, i don't want to like interact like you know i just don't like dealing with people or whatever but this guy matt is very persistent and like wanting to like talk to ava hang out with ava like be friends with ava and so like she kind of like kind of falls for it a little bit you know mm-hmm. which is like all right okay so like you can kind of see like as matt like enters their lives and like changes the way that her work is going like he kind of opens her up a little bit um one of the things that he implements at their work is like a free subscription for like a text-based therapist i can't remember what the fake subscription name was it doesn't even matter but um so ava like jaime convinces ava to sign up for it he was just like if anybody could use therapy it's definitely you yeah like <laughs> let's 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 do this so ava like reluctantly signs up for it and so like throughout the like relationship she's having with matt well he's trying to have with her she's like trying to you know talk to her therapist and like move forward with some of these grief things and so like it's a good way for the reader to get like an insight into what's going on in ava's head which is kind of cool you know it's a different way to kind of get about that um so there's a lot of growth for ava matt um like one day after work, Ava goes to start her car, but it won't start. And it looks like the vandals put sawdust into her um, gas. So she couldn't go anywhere. And like, she's like, I have a schedule. (laughs) Like she doesn't (laughs) like it. So like Matt offers to drive her home. And like that kind of starts like them, like her kind of like agreeing to like hang out with him. Like he offers to drive her home and she's really reluctant. She doesn't want to do it. But then like, she still doesn't have a car. So he offers to bring her to work the next day. And so they kind of start having their own routine, which is comfortable for her because she likes routines. Mm -hmm. But then also he like, will get her to go out and do something on a Saturday. You know, she was like, I can't believe I'm going to a dog park unscheduled on a Saturday morning (laughs) at 11. Like she's just like outraged by it. But like, she has a dog, Brutus, and then um, Matt has a dog, Emily. And so like, they bond over like their dogs. And I feel like you don't really get to know a lot about Matt other than like, he went to some, uh, Wharton, I think is supposed to be what it is. Uh, Like some fancy school. So like, he was like, yeah, I went to Wharton. I have a double degree. And then he lives like close to Ava. Like that's pretty much all we really know. And he has a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, work finds out that they're having like a, like a romantic attachment. Like they're not sleeping together or anything yet because Ava was engaged to Andy. And I did not say this before. Andy's a woman. Um, oh, okay. Andy's a woman. So uh, Ava generally doesn't date men. She usually dates women. Like she has dated men, but she hasn't in a long time. So um, it takes a little bit longer, I think, for Matt to break her down too. It's a factor here. So she's, you know, dealing with grief, dealing with her sexuality. There's a ton going on here, dealing with, I mean, trust issues, just general life concerns. Um, Once work finds out that they have like kind of a relationship going on, Judith, who is like the manager, doesn't really like Matt anyway. She's also very much like the way Ava was with like being really structured and rigid and like some of it they kind of play off in the book is like just being what corporate America is like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're not wrong. They're not wrong. <laughs> um, but uh, work ends up being like, oh, well, something happened and one of you is going to have to leave because of like a, the way a position opened or whatever the case may be. I can't remember the exact reasoning, but basically one of them was going to have to go to this other office. And so Matt ends up leaving. Um, I think it was like he was trying to be like nice about it or whatever, or maybe they voluntold him. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But basically Matt ends up leaving. And so Ava kind of realizes like, oh, well, I did have something kind of in my life and it was kind of nice to like be a more of a person. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, I, so like, I feel like actually lonely now and not just like the content before, like that I was before. Like, it's not the same, you know, now to be by yourself. 
Um, but she like blocks Matt's number and she like puts it into this like app where like every time she tries to text him or whatever, it like pops up and like won't let her text him. And she has to go through like all of these like math equations to like text him <laughs> if she's going to. It's like a big deterrent. It's like one of those alarm clocks that wakes you up in the morning because you got to like do a bunch of things. I hate yeah. those. I don't do them. Nope. Um, but I get it. So um, Ava tries to like kind of move forward with her life. And uh, Jaime was like, good, good riddance. I never liked that guy anyway. <clears throat> but I guess there were still like a lot of questions um, about like, like what happened to Andy? Because um, Ava is sure that she saw like a glint of a light before they got hit by the truck. And the police are like, no, why would that have happened? Like you would have just seen the headlights come in. And she's like, no, there was something else. Like there was a distraction. Like there was something that happened that like, there's the details they don't know because there was a hit and run, right? They don't know who hit them. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm leaving so much out because there's just so <laughs> much here to address, honestly. Um, broad strokes, basically. So Matt comes back. He's part of this like group. It makes people uncomfortable. I think it's one of the reasons that Jaime doesn't like him. So he's part of this good guys group. And it's like how my ex-husband joined a group for men who are trying to be better. And it's basically like a place for narcissists to pat themselves on the back mm. and be like, I'm not the problem. I'm really trying. Yeah. Um, so um, when Matt comes back, because like Ava has been, you know, missing him and wanting him to come back, he like quits his job and he's like, fine, I want to be together. This is literally only halfway through. This isn't even spoilers. There isn't like a twist or anything. Um, so Matt comes back and he like is going to all these good guy groups because he's not working. And so he basically just like settles into Ava's and like takes up residence. Hmm. And he's just like, oh, no, like I'll, I'll pay you for that later or whatever. Like it's all very like Dirty John sketchy at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's just a lot going on. He, she like gets introduced to, to his, um, his good guys group. And like, there's another like executive from Stata there too. And so like, she's starting to make some like weird connections. Like, oh, that's how we got his position that he's not supposed to, he was definitely not qualified for. Like we had yeah. someone who was qualified for that role that they didn't hire. So at this point, I'm not going to tell you kind of how it all wraps up, but it got real wild at the end there. I will say I saw a lot of it coming because mm. I too have been in a narcissistic spousal situation. So I kind of saw a lot of those things. Yeah. Going you, saw that the, way. you saw the flags a little earlier. I saw the signs, but um, it was really good. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this book. There were a lot of like, I think the way that they wrote Ava was like the biggest thing for me that I really appreciated because like it was super, super clear and like just her behavior and the words that she used, like how her character grew so much and like how she worked through that trauma and grief and then like found answers and like found a way to like still enjoy her life. So like it really addresses grief in like a really like kind and like realistic way. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I would, I would read more from these people. Yeah. yeah. Five out of five. Awesome. Five out wow. of five, no regrets. But it's like, like I said, there's no like twist or anything though. So it's not, yeah. there's not like a lot to tell, but like. Yeah. Turns out the hit, the hit and run wasn't like a hired gun who did it on purpose. No, nothing that would, like that. Like, that would be, that'd be a big twist. <laughs> that would be a huge twist. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no like real twist. I mean, I guess like when you see kind of how all these things, like all these like different things kind of collide, like mm. it's not, I, I just wouldn't call it a twist. It's just like, oh my God, that yeah. makes sense. Like it's there are hints along together. the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of hints along the way, but yeah. So there were a couple of things that I was like, oh, wow. I did not see that like connection happening. So mm -hmm. there's that. Yep. Also, it's a really fun cover. So, so worth it. Also, the cover is really cool. <laughs> oh, wait. What about like with the nice box? Do we ever learn what that is? Is that a big twist? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I didn't even talk about it at the beginning. So 
the very nice box both matters and does not matter at all. <laughs> so she works she works for Stata, right, which is the a furniture company, and they make things that are you know very organizey, like things that you put all of your little things into. Mm-hmm. So the very nice box is the the product that Ava has been working on, like for this whole time, like for many years. It's basically like what she sunk her time into. Like that's what she that's what she does with all of her work time. So what the very nice box is, it's like something. I'm not gonna lie, it's like literally characters ask her like what it is and to explain it and then she she explains it but no one gets it she's like it's just a nice box you put stuff in it like that's what it is but from what (laughs) i get it's like somewhere size wise between like an armoire like a big armoire right which goes like like for clothes and like a chest so Hmm. it doesn't really help me much yeah but this can be smaller (laughs) I did too. Um, basically what's supposed to be, is it like, it's supposed to be like perfectly designed so that it doesn't like it mess with your like Scandinavian furniture design. Like if you have all of their other products, like it also, it's a very nice is like the line. So they're also going to have very nice shelves that you can like put with it. But basically it's a box that you put other things into. They're like, oh, you're a minimalist person who like the marketing thing was like, you're a minimalist person, but you have things, then get the very nice box. So you can put your things into a box. Like, it's supposed to have, like, hooks and stuff inside, too, I guess, so that, like, you can organize or whatever. But, like, I don't understand why she spent so much time on it. And literally characters in this will be like, I don't really get it, but okay. Like, yeah. like the fact that you've been saying she's been spending, like, years building a a, a box to, to put stuff in. That's what I'm saying. Like, it matters, but it doesn't matter. Like, it yeah. comes up a lot because people ask her about it. And, like, they mm-hmm. have to go through, like, the marketing. And, like, it's just part of, like, how the story moves along, basically, yeah. when they talk about work. But, yeah, no, it's not that important. Um, But it also is. So, thank you for asking. can't believe I did not talk about that. I got all wrapped up in the drama. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a lot more exciting than a nice <laughs> the box. I don't understand. Nice box that we don't really know what it is. Or I think it's I think it's supposed to be, like, symbolic of, like, the box she's, like, put herself in. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what like, I was like. Remembering. I want everything to be very neat and like tidy. So it's like it's more symbolic, I think, but it's also a very real thing that I don't know I would purchase. But you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's not for everyone, but that's fine. Okay, I'm not a minimalist either, so maybe that's why. Yeah, could be. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I think overall some pretty good picks. I do like the dual author part. I don't really know how mine did it because I feel like the only other times I've done really two authors it's like every other chapter you can kind of that's what I was expecting too I was like they'll alternate chapters maybe or and I don't know maybe these ones did because like I said it my book is from multiple people's perspectives so maybe some of them are some and some the other or they just all wrote it together I'm not entirely sure how that worked Uh, I would love to know more about that process yeah definitely but yeah be sure to come back we have minis are back in february so that's super exciting and then we have some great other options lined up other ideas topics all those fun things uh social media is isn't a pastor bedtime and iipyb underscore pod on twitter also check out our website isn't a pastor bedtime.com just what's in the archive and what's coming up next yeah with that we will talk to everyone later bye everyone bye